wish you could hear God's voice? Are you struggling to find stillness in the busyness of mom life? Is being present daily and sometimes moment by moment a battle for you? Welcome home, sister. This is Unabridged Faith. Aloha, my name is Paige Amber Bacani. I am a lover of Jesus, wife, mama, and mentor. After living by my own strength for years, I finally gave up and took a chance on Him. The simplest way to describe what the Lord has done in my life is that I was one way, and now I am completely different. I want that for you. My mission is to journey alongside you as we openly grow in our faith by being present with God's Word, practicing prayer, pursuing fellowship, and sharing powerful testimonies. If you want to learn how to invite God's peace into your heart, motherhood, and mind, I know this podcast will speak to you. Slip on your shoes, strap on your little ones, and let's go for a walk. We have a date with the Lord. All my love, your sister, Paige. Aloha and good morning, my sweet sisters. So I am going to start today's episode with a question, and I am going to end today's episode with the same question. And that question is, what are your top five priorities? Yeah, it took me a second to think about too. So my best friend and I had a whole conversation about this the other night while we were waiting for our husbands to get back home from the Husker game. (laughs) Again, staying up way later than usual, which is so not typical for me, but so worth it. By the end of this conversation, I was so stoked. I wish that I had my microphone right there and we would have just pressed record and went for it. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So I will be retelling the conversation that we had with a whole lot of Bible in it, which I am so excited to share with you guys. Before we dive in, I want to bring this to prayer and allow Holy Spirit to reveal whatever he would throughout our time together today. Father God, I am so grateful for another morning here on this earth. I am so grateful for my health. I'm so grateful for this platform and the growth that you've given it with the listeners and the coaching and the framework that you've placed in my heart, the vision to offer these women. I am so excited about all of it, and I'm so excited about the message that you have for me to bring to them today. I ask that you would start softening our hearts and opening our minds even now, Lord, and that you would speak through me to the woman who is listening to this on the other end of her phone. God, I love you, I thank you, I praise you, and I trust you to move through today's episode. In Jesus' name, amen. So please remember as I'm speaking today that our priorities might look different because you are not me and I am not you. We might be in very different places in our life right now, but once you sit down with Holy Spirit and really get these established, it is truly life-changing. So right now, even before I begin sharing, I would like to invite you to just ask Holy Spirit to reveal your heart to you, completely raw, honest, vulnerable, where you're at right now and what your top five priorities really are. From there, I would like for you to ask Holy Spirit what his top five priorities are for your life. From this point, I would like you to look at what your top five priorities are, honestly, and then look at the top five priorities that you feel Holy Spirit revealed to you. 
please take a minute and look at the differences between what you wrote down and what you feel like he revealed to you. And then just ask him, okay, Holy Spirit, these are looking a little bit different. There's a couple things that are off here. What are the next right steps that I can take so that these two lists, these top five priorities are in total alignment? And from our last episode about God being faithful and when we're seeking him, we will find him. I can promise you if you begin to ask him these questions, he will reveal it to you. And like I said, this is life-changing. So I am so excited to hear what you come up with. I know it's not always fun. It's definitely not easy to be honest with where we're at especially when we see how far we may or may not be from where we want to be. But being honest is the first step in making a change. It's the first step in transformation. And that's what we're all about here. We are all about one step at a time in being transformed into the image of Christ. All right, so that came out of nowhere. That was not in my notes at all. But what is in my notes is to share with you guys my top five priorities. My top five priorities begin with God. He is number one in my life. I have a few verses that I'm going to share with you throughout, but I think I'm going to just say my top five and then we'll back up to the verses. So God is number one. Evan, my husband, my marriage is number two. Jacob, my child, my motherhood is number three. My health and how I steward the able body that God has so graciously gifted me is number four. And my ministry, or as other people call it, my work is number five. It's so wild to me as I list these off and reflect back on my conversation with my really good friend, about how our priorities as believers are almost completely contradictory to the priorities of the world around us. If you would, take a second with me and just reflect on the world that we're living in today and just take a guess of what the world's top five priorities. When I think about it, I see that our world prioritizes work first. Work faster, work harder, work more efficient, work more, make more money, buy more things. It's focused around work. When I take a second and reflect a little bit more, it seems to be that the second priority is health, the physical body. Eat this, eat that, eat more, eat less, eat at this time, don't eat at this time. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems to be the world's second priority. And from that point, the world does seem to move on to our children. We prioritize our children. We honor our children. We almost put them on a pedestal and make them an idol, right? It's this sport and that sport and this dance and that art and this music class. And they're in every class that you can possibly think of. I mean, the whole day is just revolved around the child's schedule. And then, and only then, After the children have been taken care of, and maybe even after they've moved out, people begin to look at their marriage. And a lot of times, this is when marriages begin to crumble. This is when divorce happens. But for those who are able to stick it out, then the marriage comes in. 
and it may have been ignored for so many years, but the world does finally recognize I am still married to this person and there's work to be done here. And also, then and only then is when I see the world begin coming to God. Once they've done everything in their own power, once they've done the work, once they've made themselves the perfect body that they could get to, once they did their very best that they believed that they could have done with their children and got them to college and they're making money and being successful, and then they started looking at their marriage and maybe things aren't quite right, and now they are really recognizing they need some help here. Then the world reaches out to God. Then they realize that there are some things that they cannot do on their own. Just let that sink in for a second. And please do not hear me saying this with a judgmental or condemnation tone in my voice because that is not the purpose of this message. There are so many times daily that I catch myself having the priorities of the world instead of the priorities of God. And that is what this message is about. It's about to strengthen the body of believers and show them that there is a difference between us and the world. And that when we look like the world, the world will never come to know the freedom that we are called and created to live in. But when we look like God, when we follow the order that he has laid out before us, then, and only then, are others going to look to us and say, there's something different about you. What is it? Because I need that in my life. And what a joy to watch other people come into relationship and fellowship and deep intimacy with their creator who longs to love them and hold them and speak to them and instruct them. And many times he does this through his other children, through us, through the ones who already know him. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, Paige, I get it. This is so important. You've convinced me. Now, why are these your top five priorities? My answer is going to be taking us straight to the Bible. We're going to start in Exodus 20, verses 1 through 3, which says, And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. This verse is again echoed in Deuteronomy 5, 6, and it is actually the beginning of the Ten Commandments. This verse is so beautiful to me because it reminds me of the slavery that God brought me out of, that he brought me out of disordered eating, that he brought me out of perfectionism, that he brought me out of control, that he brought me out of a life that was so full of walls that I couldn't even feel what I wanted to feel. Now, this might sound strange to you, or you might be able to relate, but there was a season in my life where I allowed my heart to get so hard that I truly thought I had lost the capability to cry. And these are perfect and unfortunate examples of what happens when we disobey God and make anything besides Him our God. I remember reading verses like this in the beginning, and thinking, wow, this God is judgmental and jealous and demanding and all of these things. But now, the more that I read, the more that I come to know his heart, I'm so grateful for it. I hear his love in this. I hear him saying, 
my sweet daughter, I made you. I made you purposefully. I made you wonderfully. And I know exactly why I created you, what I created you for, how I created you. So no, I don't want you turning to anything else that I created because it was also created for a different purpose and a different reason. And it will never be able to fulfill your purpose. It will never be able to give you purpose. Only I can give you that. Only I can speak to your heart. Only I can mold you into the fullness of what I created you for, what I had envisioned for you before you were even knit together in your mother's womb. And that is why he asks us to have no other God, not because he is demanding, but because he is loving. One of the many other verses that echoes his heart here is Matthew 6.33, which says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And here, he's again reminding us, don't seek after the things of the world. Seek after me, and I will give you all the things that you need to live in this world. And for some of us, that means marriage. In Genesis 2.24, it's the first time that God said something about his creation wasn't good. He said in Genesis 2:18, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is the verse that I wanted to share with you guys, but I wanted to give you the context. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Can you guys imagine that? No shame. The second verse that I want to share with you guys about the importance of marriage and how it is to come second to none except for God is Ephesians 25 all the way to the end. This vision of marriage is absolutely beautiful. I would even recommend, unless you're walking or driving, just sitting down and closing your eyes as I read this to you. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ loved the church, and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. 
for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. What a beautiful image of marriage, and what a beautiful reminder of the love that we as women so desperately desire and of the respect that men so desperately desire. If you realize it wasn't reminding the men to respect their wives because I think it comes naturally to them and vice versa. It wasn't reminding the wives to love their husband because that's what comes natural to them. But instead it was reminding the husband that your wife needs your love. And it was reminding the wife that your husband needs your respect. And this has spoken volumes into my marriage with my husband, both ways. And the last thing I want to point out about this is that I did not plan that Genesis 2.24 would be in the Ephesians 5 reading, but there it was again reminding us that the two shall become one flesh. And this reminder becomes ever more important as children are beginning to be introduced into the dynamic of marriage. And I say this with all the love in my heart for my child, but also the reality of the sleep deprivation and the hunger and all of the new responsibilities that come with being a parent. And I do believe that if we are not firm in our relationship, first being with the Lord and second being with our marriage, those two will easily fall and crumble when we become parents because all of a sudden we feel like we have become a god we have the responsibility we are keeping we are sustaining this new life but we are so quick to forget that that's not truth god is sustaining this life and this life will develop fully and as it should when our priorities are correct and right with god and correct and right with our marriage So from this point, I want to share a verse with you that my husband and I prayed over and over and over again before we even had our first child. It is Psalms 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And this verse was so beautiful for Evan and I because the Lord really has led us to follow him step by step, which has usually meant living our life very differently from those around us. But this verse brings us so much peace, remembering that we could be working and toiling and building and doing all of these things, but for what? It's all in vain. If it's not from God, it's not for us. And another reason why this verse brings us so much peace is that we had Jacob in our early 20s and we got pregnant even a year before that. And again, going back to the world's priorities versus the believer's priorities, in many ways, believers can stand on this verse and say, God told me that children born in one's youth is a blessing. 
Whereas the world is constantly reminding us that children are the end of the fun. Children are the end of all of the freedom and all of the joy and everything good in life. All of the travel stops when you have kids. And let me be the first to tell you that that is so not true. I have done a lot of traveling in my life, but I have done more traveling since I have become a mom than I ever did before. Another verse that I want to share with you guys here goes back to the Ten Commandments, and it's Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for that is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate or frustrate your children. Instead, Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And this is so beautiful to me because it's just constantly reminding us of the balance. It's saying, children, obey your parents for you will do well. But on the other hand, it's saying, parents, don't frustrate your children. Love them and it will go well with you. Lead them in the ways of the Lord and they will come back to the ways of the Lord. Which reminds me of one more verse that I want to share here with you guys that is a bit controversial, and I'm not going to get into all the ins and outs of it, but I do feel it's important to share here. And it is Proverbs 13, 24. It says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And I know in our world today, discipline can be a very looked down upon word, But God is reminding us that although the world might say that it's wrong to discipline your child and that you should appease them and give them what they want, we as believers can look to the word. We can look to our God and trust his design for motherhood and for children and read, okay, I love my child. God, what does it look like to discipline them? Please show me because if I choose not to discipline them, I'm choosing not to love them. And I might get myself in some trouble here, but I need you guys to hear me because motherhood matters. Where do we think that this discipline begins? It begins with us. Are we living our lives disciplined? Are we living our lives according to the order that the Lord has laid out before us? Are we stewarding well what he has given us? Because in my motherhood, I have found that if I am walking in the ways of the Lord, my child naturally follows. It's actually amazing. This is a personal philosophy that I have talked about a lot before I was a mother because I've been a nanny for as long as I can remember. And now that I am a mother, getting to watch this philosophy come to life is absolutely amazing. And the philosophy that I'm talking about is Evan and I are living our life very radically different than how we were raised according to the Lord, according to being disciplined mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and bringing everything before the Lord and taking each next right step in faith, even though it might not be practical or we might not be able to see the end or we might not be able to make sense of it. But we know in God's word and through prayer that that is where he is leading us. And so that is what we do next. And for us, it can be so hard. It can physically hurt us sometimes because it's going so against the grain of how we were raised. But my hope 
and my vision and what I'm seeing come to life right in front of me is that these things are natural for Jacob. It's just the way we do things from movement of our body to how we fuel our bodies to prayer to reading the Bible to the thoughts that we think to the words that we say to how we love and consider others. All of these things Evan and I have been very disciplined in. I say this with no pride from us but all glory to the transformational work that Holy Spirit has done in us and again the philosophy is The way that you want your children to be, be that because they're watching everything you do. This segues perfectly into my fourth priority, which is health. And when you hear me say the word health, please think of it as a holistic term of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. This aspect of my life has been super heavy on my heart lately, and I have a little bit of intuition that there's going to be a part six of my testimony coming soon because I think that there's more that needs to be said on this topic. But for now, I'm going to bring us to Psalms 139. This entire Psalms is absolutely beautiful, and I would recommend you reading it when you can. But for now, I'm going to start at verse 13. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. This verse brings me so much joy as I remember back on the excitement of watching my little boy grow and develop inside of me. And it makes me smile to think of God watching each and every one of us develop And not only watching us develop, but being our developer. I don't think I can fully wrap my mind around that. But if the creator of the universe and all things created me, knit me together exactly the way that he did, and ordained every single day before even one happened, what an honor to steward this body well. What an honor to steward this life well. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies is what 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 reminds me of. And I love this verse because that's exactly what it is. It's a reminder that I am not my own. I do not have to be controlled by the desires of my flesh. I get to live in the freedom of the Holy Spirit who lives within me. And another incredible reminder that I love, love, love is Romans 12. All of Romans 12 is absolutely amazing, but I'm just going to read the first couple verses. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many times have you said that in your life? I just want to know what God's will is. He's giving us a blueprint of how to do that. And I love this verse as well because it shows us that God doesn't just care about our spiritual health. He cares about our health physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. He cares about the whole being because he created all of us. Every inner working, inner weaving inside of us, he made. And only he knows how his creation is best purposed which goes into my fifth priority of ministry. I'm going to recommend two chapters here. The first is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and the second is Ephesians 4. I'm going to read a little bit out of Ephesians 4, starting in chapter 11, which says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And I love this because anywhere in the Bible when it talks about a calling or a ministry or the work that we're meant to do, it's always another opportunity to set us apart from the world. It's always about kingdom work. It's always about building up the body. It's always about serving others. It's never about ourselves. It's never about getting farther than the next person. And I don't know about you, but this brings me so much peace. Living in a world built on individualism, it makes my heart sore knowing that the Lord built a safeguard in his body that I serve you and you serve me and in serving one another, in looking out for one another, in loving one another, we're honoring God in that. We're glorifying God. That is our true and proper worship, giving ourselves as a living sacrifice. The last verse I want to read you guys today that actually makes me laugh is 1 Timothy 3.5. It says in parentheses, If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? And this resonates so deeply with me when I reflect back on my top priorities, being God, my marriage, my motherhood, my holistic health, and then my ministry. I think, who am I to sit down at this mic or at my computer or do anything that I feel called to do without first sitting in intimacy with God and then being loving and caring and serving in my marriage and in my motherhood and caring for my health and then showing up for you guys. But who am I to just show up dry? What do I have to offer you? I first need to go to my father and be filled and then I need to let him overflow into every area of my life authentically And from that point, I get to show up as an honor to serve you as my listeners and as my sisters in Christ. And the last question I want to ask you today, again, is what are your top five priorities? And are they in alignment with what Holy Spirit revealed to you as you asked him this specific question? I know it's not easy to be questioned, 
but I'm so proud of you for being so brave to do so anyways. And just a little spoiler alert, we have a few more hard questions coming up in a couple episodes, but I know you guys can handle it. Have a wonderful week. Aloha, sweet sister. I am eager to connect and hear how the Lord spoke to you through today's episode, or maybe even throughout the week, because I trust that He did. I want to ask you to pause and help me with a quick favor. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, please take a moment and share how through leaving a heartfelt review on Apple Podcast. This helps other women like us find unabridged faith. Your kind words fill my heart with so much joy, and I have hope that your review also encourages others. If you are ready to go all in with your faith, please email me at unabridgedfaith@gmail.com at gmail.com so we can stay in touch and come join our community of faith-filled women at facebook.com slash unabridgedfaith. I trust that the Lord will continue to use this podcast to draw us near to His heart. And I pray for a week full of intention and connection as we grow in unabridged faith. In Jesus' name, amen.